Welcome to meet the musician William Fitzsimmons at the Appelstor Kurfürstendamm in Berlin and please welcome our guest moderator Milena Fessmann. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much for coming. I'm very happy that so many people are here. That's great. So, and I can promise you, hopefully, a great time because he's playing live later on, but we do a bit of talking about the new record before. And yeah, I would like to welcome on stage William Fitzsimmons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? It's a good introduction. Bitter? It's uh, bitter? Good. Yeah, it's nice. It's yeah, nice okay. Too. So how is your German? Uh, great. <laughs> so you studied it, you told me before. In university for two years. Okay, why? It's klingt good. I, I like it. <laughs> okay. I think it's a nice language. Okay. Germans don't think it's a nice language. No, that's why I was asking. But I think, I, I like it. And I think you, I like it. Okay. Ich liebe es. <laughs> I probably, can I do that on the podcast? Uh, I think so. <laughs> we have to cut that out. So I'm very happy that you're here because you had a very hard day and hard times because you're touring already. Yeah. Not only playing live tomorrow here. Well, it's not so hard to play music. There's, there's people that are like breaking rocks and <laughs> I don't do real work. I just play guitar. But uh, no, it's nice. It's busy, but it's good. When I'm home, it's not so busy. It's very quiet, so... It's nice to travel and, and uh, so yeah. And how is it? Because the record is not out yet, but you're, are you playing parts of the record live? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, I, I wanted to come out and um, I, wanted to, I wanted to do, not many, but I wanted to do some shows where it was just me alone um, and play the new songs for the first time. Um, I just think that's, I think it's better. I think you can, as a, as a writer, you get a better reaction when it's just the, the songs. It's mm -hmm. not the, the big you know, spectacle of it. And um, yeah, and you, you can kind of see how people react to it on a personal level. And that's, that's what I like as a writer. So it's some, some sort of a test to see if it works for you and also for the audience? Kind of, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Because if you, if, you, if you come out and you say, you dictate everything, you control everything, you say, this is what's gonna happen halfway through the show, this is what this song will be and all that stuff, then. Um, there's no chance for a sort of reciprocity, you know, so uh, already, you know, just in <coughs> just in the, f the few shows that we've played, I get a sense for, you know, maybe little changes or little little arrangement things mm -hmm. that need to be ba be there that, um, you know, that may be on the record and may, may not be on the record. So, but you're still quite satisfied with the work you've done? Uh, I think it's okay. Okay, it's a kind of a tricky question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I haven't heard anything better. Um, In years. I'm really happy with this one, and I, every, you always say that, though. When do you not say that? But I had, I had, I actually had a great time writing these songs and making mm -hmm. this record. And usually, people that know my music know it's not the, it's not always the most happy stuff. And usually making it is not a happy thing. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say this one, I was happy when I made it, but I, was, I had some peace when I made it, and that was nice. Um, the info sheet to the record says, um, it's a musical reflection of the personal renovation. <laughs> that sounds quite good. But why was this renovation? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, uh, why renovation? What happened that you sort of started to rethink? 
um, in total? St the longer you do this, the more, um, the more businessy it can get, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't like business. <laughs> it's okay when you do when you're when you're creating something, no matter what. It doesn't have to be music; it can be anything. When you're making something, there's an element of, of creativity, of inspiration in it, right? Um, you 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 have to be very aware of the balance between money and between art, and um, you also have to recognize that money is a part of daily life. You know, you you can't just sit out in the woods and and, and play guitar and be able to. I mean, you could, but you're gonna <laughs> it's probably not so um, you won't good. You, you won't be able to feed your family that well. But um, but on the same side, you know, if if you do this for for long enough, then you have to be careful. There's people that will be around you that will try to encourage you to make decisions that maybe are a little more on the the other side, not the artistic side. Um, so I, I had to I had to make sure that that influence wasn't around um, because it, it made me very unhappy and very disgusted mm -hmm. and uh, and once I was kind of free of it then I let myself get back into the idea of um, picking up the guitars and writing and playing music again and um, yeah it was good I, and again wh when I when I look at the last record I don't feel so good mm -hmm. and when I when I even see that on the table I'm, it makes me feel good I feel proud the interesting thing is because I read this, the liner notes you wrote, because he, he wrote it on the record, and I was expecting a very sad record. And the moment I put it on, I was just like, oh, it's not sad. Because you got, one got the impression that it was be, has been a very hard work and you really had to go so to, through some process. And then it even f f I got the feeling that it even sort of, that you opened up the window. Yeah, I suppose. That's the, the first impression which came into my head. It's not, I mean, that's the, that's the neat thing about being a human being is, is you get to experience more than just two emotions. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just happy and sad. And um, th to me, it's, it's kind of an ambivalent record. I mean that in a, a positivistic way, but like realistic life experience is ambivalent. You always have a conflicting emotion. Even on the happiest day of your life, there's some little tiny you know, pang of loneliness or of something, pain, you know. And the converse is true too, thank God, that when we're going through difficult times, you know. Um, I, I, when I was a therapist, I worked with people that were very seriously depressed and, and suicidal. And some of them had the best sense of humor mm -hmm. you could imagine because they experienced a great amount of, of loss and sadness. But the ones that were able to come out of that realized that there was also a humor to all that too, and it doesn't make sense. It's weird, but um, I I wanted to get comfortable with that that conflict, and that's what this record is to me. It's like kind of the marrying of those two um, those two elements, or or several different mm -hmm. you know emotions. So yeah, I, I like to think that it's it's um it's a little bit of both maybe. So how do songs occur? Are you the one, are you sort of running around having little pieces of paper where you write down something? Or is it just, you sit there and say, okay, I'm going to work now, I'm writing songs, or how does it happen? Um, the easiest thing to do is you go, on, you go on the internet and you find somebody else's music, and then you just steal it. <laughs> and then I do my little William Fitzsimmons, my little, <laughs> and then, we all know that you're this, this kind of guy. <laughs> then I get paid. 
So it works. Very easy one. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, for me, it's there's so there, there's a continuum. There's craft, and then there's inspiration, right? And there's artists are totally different. Some artists are like all craft, and they can sit down mm-hmm. at a table with you know a cup of coffee and a pipe or something, and and they in a few hours there's this beautiful song and it's there. And other writers are you know a little um, we think of them as more eccentric and and weird or something, and and they can it comes from a magical place and they're you know out in the woods or something. Um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a little more on the, the inspiration side. I'm not a, I've never thought of myself as, as a, a, a really great writer or anything. That's not my strength. My strength is, is um, I, I'm one of those people that, that is very open to emotions and I like emotions and I like feeling things very deeply and I seek out opportunities to have really deep emotions, even if they're negative. Mm-hmm. I think it's healthy to, um, you know, you want to, that's part of being alive, is, is going through <laughs> difficult things and good things and, and getting comfortable with both of them. Um, so yeah, songs come, they come when they come and you know you have to know a balance of when, when to pick up the guitar and, and when to push it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's a, it's a natural thing. You start playing music, a, a, a little melody comes into your head and you explore that or you, you see a really cool word, you know. Um, I like language and I like finding interesting things. So, and you just chase those things, that's mm-hmm. all. It's just seeing a little, you know, you, you see a little mouse running around and you just chase it and see where he's gonna go. And sometimes it becomes a great song and sometimes it's a, a big piece of crap. Do you know immediately for yourself if it's good or not? No, no, that's why you have to chase, you know, you chase all of it. Um, no, I thought I had really, like, <laughs> like really great. It's it's kind of like the thing of, you know, like you think of something in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> and then you wake up and you look at it and you're like, this is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever, you know, I've ever thought. Um, but good writing is, is, comes from the absence of self-censorship. And you let, you have to let, that's why if anybody asks me, it's like, what's, what's the secret to it? I say, I don't, self-censor, I'm willing to write something stupid or really sentimental or really childish or whatever because I know that um, that's my brain kind of working its way down into the heart a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, to get like the really good stuff, even if it's something that's very shameful or something that's, um, you know, that I've forgotten or something. But you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to fail, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you have to be willing to write something that is is not good if you want to write something that is good. This is part of the being a psychotherapist as well, because you're listening to that and knowing that you're studying that yeah, perfectly sure. makes sense. It yeah, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I did it too much. You, you, you. <laughs> okay. They call it the the third eye, the uh, Clayton Algen. Mm-hmm. It's the where you're, you're, you and I are talking, having a conversation, and. Meanwhile, I am up here observing what's going on. Yeah. And, and when, I was a th- uh, when I was training, when I was in school to be a therapist, they, my professors kept saying, they said, you're, you're really good at being outside of the situation and examining it, but the person sitting next to you <laughs> is kind of important for, for <laughs> the work that you're doing. Um, so slowly I had to learn to let go of that, you know. Um, 
And when, yeah, when you're writing, you find a, you find a balance of uh, <coughs> perspective. Um, and again, I think that for me, my experience, this is my like sixth record, I think, and the songs that I cherish and the ones that actually stay with me for a long time that I've written are ones that I was not terribly controlling of the situation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't out here. I was more just sitting right here and, you know, having a conversation mm -hmm. with, with something. So, um, when someone is writing songs like you do, which are very personal and very open, so that um, it's interesting for me as a listener because I'm, I'm sort of having an idea of knowing you, which is probably wrong. That's inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but it's, it, how does it feel for you? Because it's, if there's so many people out there having the, uh, or thinking that they know you and you're sort of putting everything on the table. Well, they do sort of know me then, uh -huh. right? I mean, so because it's, it's brave somehow, because... No, it's, no. Um, probably brave That's is nice. the wrong... No, thank you, I don't mean <laughs> to be, no, it's not, you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that, but that's what's comfortable to me. What's uncomfortable to me is distance, is mm -hmm. separation, is talking about only the weather all the time or something like that. Like I, I actually, and again, it's just because how I was raised, it's how my mom was and how she taught me to be. It's how I was when I was a therapist. You, you, you start to really kind of crave talking about the dark stuff and the hidden stuff and the secrets and everything and um, and you feel you kind of just feel a little more alive when you do that you know um, so I it's not it's not brave it's it's actually just for me it's kind of natural mm -hmm. it's just really comfortable and um, uh, it's nice it's nice to not have that wall you know people come to me after the shows and, and people write me things online and um, they're very they're sharing mm -hmm just as personal things as I share with them. And I think that's fair. I think it's good and I, I love it because it's helping me um, understand some of the meaning of the songs, you know? Because that's a shared experience. Mm. It's not, it doesn't belong. Any artist that says that the song, the meaning of the song belongs to them is, is a fool. You know, that's not the way it should work. Art is meant to be a communal thing and um, when we share emotions is when movement and progress mm -hmm. is, is made. For me, that's how it works. That's probably why people like you so much, and us. That that's why so many people are here today. <laughs> I think, I think it's the sexiness. <laughs> it's the beard. <laughs> it's funny. No one's ever, no one's ever brought up the beard before. <laughs> I'm so. I'm. I can't believe you noticed. I can't believe you noticed. <laughs> um, I, I, it's why I connect with the artists that I care about. It's that when they let down, not the beard. It's when they. <laughs> when they let down that, mm -hmm. that wall and they're willing to be kind of naked mm -hmm. a little bit. That's um, my favorite artist, that, you know, Nick Drake always did that. Mark Kozilek does that, you know. Um, Justin Vernon does that. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are people that are willing to look strange or different or something like that. And I say, I look at that and I say, man, that's, a, that's exactly I have felt that same way. Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel like a creep or something like that, you know? And that's, that's, that's when it's working at its best. Mm -hmm. So you're a big fan of Nick Drake, because with all, in all your records, th the first impression I got was like, oh, I think he likes Nick Drake oh, that's pretty much. That's a nice compliment, yeah. I've been stealing his vibe for <laughs> eight years now, I think. Yeah, he's yeah, dead, he's so. Uh, <laughs> I, play his, I play the same guitar that he 
that he used to play. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not obsessed, but I, I have a lot of respect. For the thing I respect maybe most about Nick Drake was that um, he was willing, he had an opportunity to be popular and to be famous in his time, and he chose to uh, make music that was very honest and was not in vogue at the time, you know. And he was pushed, you can tell, you can hear it in his first couple records that he was sort of being pushed by outside forces mm. to, you know, make the songs a little bigger and a little sweeter and a little nicer. And, and when he finally made that last record, when he made Pink Moon, it is, it's very, very naked, it's very simple. And um, I think it sold like less than 5,000 records before he died and, and, and that was it. But I, th I think that was brave. I think that mm. was um, very respectful. So yeah, so I look at something like that and I think that's how I, you know, that's the attitude that I, that I want to try to have. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you now. So if there are any questions, and I can guess there are, please give us a sign and then there comes the microphone out of the blue. <laughs> so now it's your chance. Don't ask about the beard, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You can ask about the beard if you if you want. <laughs> so, are there any questions? Come on. Okay. We solved this one. Okay, but there must be other questions. Come on. Yeah, there is one. Ah, the first one. Hello, good night. Hey. Um, I have a question about the beard. <laughs> um, so, from what I got, it's like that you always try to be natural and be yourself and stuff. Because it makes you comfortable, right? Yeah. So, is the beard comfortable? Like, I wonder if you want to be natural and if you want to, like, you know, if your first goal is to be comfortable and, like, in your, I don't know, in your, like, in the... Uh, environment that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you just cut off, you know, make you feel free and to like cut cu to cut it off? You mean like would be natural? I, I mean, okay, it's sexy, but but yeah, well. I, I just wonder. <laughs> Stimmt. You know, um, don't you try to be just like not think about what other people think of you? Oh, kind you of the expression I get, and then I understand. Like, why does he try to be? A special looking with his right beard. right like why why am i trying to be different or something like that i so i grew up in um all the men in my family um that's a good question man thank you um that all the men in, in my family have beards my and my dad has a beard my uncles and my my brother and um it was it was this thing when i was a kid that i kind of looked at my dad and it was a very manly like masculine thing and um so I remember like in college, I was shaving like crazy because I thought it would come in quicker. And uh, you know, it's one of those things when you're a kid, you, you look up to your dad and that's like the definition of, of a man, you know, masculine. And um, he still has a really cool beard. It's like kind of white and gray and stuff now. And, um, yeah, so I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I grew up when I was young. I got kind of comfortable with it and um, I, to me, it's sort of it's just sort of normal now. I guess I don't think it's like if you wear a watch, maybe, you know, it's like the same thing. You just you don't think about it, or if you have tattoos, you don't think about them. They're just kind of a you know sort of a part of you. Um, 
But if I ever, you know, if I ever feel like it, I'll, I'll take it off. I'll let you know. <laughs> but uh, no, but that's a good, yeah, it's a good question. Because you're right. It's, um, but to, to me, this is natural. This is like my, when I feel sort of normal. Yeah, good question, man. I would love to see a picture of you and your father. So some sort of like a ZZ Top family. Well, his is like, his isn't as like beast <laughs> as mine. His is, is, is much shorter, but okay. it looks good though. It's okay. handsome. <laughs> Any more questions? Oh, here in the front row. Um, I was wondering because you said that you wanted to do this tour with the new songs at first, just to see if there's like any things, you, any arrangement things you, that might need working on or something. Yeah. So like, I haven't heard the songs, obviously, apart from Centralia, which is awesome. Thank you. Um, but so I think I was mainly wondering like how the responses were to the new songs and if through playing them live, some things came up that maybe you wish you would, you could have like incorporated into the record right. if any of the responses from the audience would have been like, okay, well, it would have been cool to have this part differently on the record. Yeah, boy, that's that's a really good question. Nice. Um, yeah, I, th I mean, I think I think they've been they've been pretty good <laughs> so far. I mean, um, uh, yeah, and there there have been honestly. I think there's particularly there was there was like a couple songs where some of the stuff was confirmed, where it was like choices that that we made in the studio were like. Uh, You know, I was sitting there maybe after a show, and I would think, man, I am so glad that I listened to, to Chris, the producer, and what he said, you know. Um, particularly with, like, with tempo stuff, with, like, you know, the how fast song is or um, the kind of energy you have in it. Because I gravitate, this will come as a big surprise, but I gravitate towards kind of slow and mellow, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Chris is... Chris Walla from Death Cab for Cutie, he, he produced the record and, you know, they have a little more energy than I do <laughs> in most of <laughs> their music. So, you know, he didn't, he didn't want it to be rock, but he wanted, he wanted to make sure that there was, there was um, more than just a, a mellow vibe. And it's funny that when we would start the songs, he'd be like, oh, 91 again. And <laughs> I, I literally would play, naturally to play, play the song at 91 BPM, beats per minute, every single song. <laughs> he was like, bro, we gotta, we gotta do something different, man. This <laughs> is like, <laughs> it's like, we can't have like one big song, you know? Um, so, but I, that's something that I've, I've taken and when I've been playing these songs live, I've been trying to mess around with, with those things and with changing the tempos a little bit and seeing, you know, and even slowing some of those down and just feeling how night to night, if people are, you know, is it give them a space to connect with it more? Is it is it too aggressive or something? So um, yeah, and I'm really glad I've because I I don't I don't always do do it this way, doing it alone first. So um, I I like doing it. I think it's been confirming. Yeah, good question. Thank you. Another good question. <laughs> yeah, the girl lady in the back. <laughs> Hey William. Hi. <laughs> um, I was just wondering when you, because I'm just, I've just, pl I'm just planning to um, write my first album as well. So That's wonderful. Just when you decided to, well, first of all, did you make the decision to to plan? Did you plan your album, or did you just say, I have enough songs now, I'm just gonna put out my first record now? Or that's one question. And then how do you overcome like blocks? Oh yeah. Like writing blocks and stuff. And um, 
Yeah. So. Very good question. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, so the first time, it, it was a little bit übel für mich. I was, um, I was in, in school. I was in graduate school. And it, it was when I was getting my, um, I was getting a, a master's in counseling psychology. And so music was, was um, I apparently I had a lot of problems at the time. My, my professors were telling me that I needed to deal with before I could be a <laughs> help anybody else, you know. Imagine that, you can't be mentally ill and help someone who's also <laughs> mentally ill. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, so music was my, like, my emptying out tool, you know. I would write these songs and, you know, like in those first couple records, they're very, um, even the song titles are like, you know, like, I don't love you anymore and um, what is like, you broke my heart. They're very, <laughs> very like, like, this is how I feel, you know. But it helped and it, and it was, it's what got them all out. And the idea of like, you know, like releasing it was, um, I, I had a, a friend at the time who said, you know, hey, these aren't terrible. You should put them on MySpace, if anyone remembers what, you know, <laughs> I'm an old man now, so. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> lo like super long. <laughs> and, um, and people, and maybe it was, you know, maybe it was the, the beard or something, but people started to, they found my page and they started to listen to them. And, and I started to get feedback that was, more than anything, it was very, this personal, this emotional kind of like, you know, stuff. And it, it made me, um, uh, really anxious at first because it was like, like really serious stuff. It was like, hey, my, you know, my, my dad died or something and your song is like really beautiful and it makes me think of my dad. And, you know, at first I didn't know what to think. I was very humbled by that, but, um, you know, and, and then after a while I started to think, well, this is kind of, um, there's something about this that's making me feel good and it seems like is making other people feel positive emotions too. Um, so I, at that point it just sort of, it made, I just kept going with it, you know. Um, and you know, and there's always some selfishness in it too. If you're releasing music, you know, it, it's kind of an arrogant thing to do. You know, you're saying like, hey world, I'm worthy of listening to. Um, but you know, that you just have to make sure you're in the right spirit when you're doing that. And the writer's block thing, that's a really good question. Um, uh, there's, no, there's no one method. You could do a, you know, there's a hundred things to do. Um, for me, I like, to, I like to seek out just a ton of inspiration. I, I love to read a lot, I love to watch movies. I love to talk to people about really ridiculous things and really serious things. Um, Chris, even when we were making the record, taught me some insane ways to do it. We would be, be listening back to a song and he would walk over and put on like a jazz record at the same time and put it the same volume as, as my song. And I, you know, I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, and he said, just go with it, man. Just see what your brain does with this information, you know. Um, so it's just no rules, kind of. I know that's not a Say it, say it again. Uh, please say it again into the microphone. Can, Can we, we have another microphone for her, please? Thanks. So it's other people giving you inspiration as well, so you also write together with other people or just sit together with your producer? Because I think that's the fun part, really. You just sit together like, and you 
playing like yeah. if you're on the playground just like oh let's try this and let's do that I never used to do that I thought in order to be a good writer you had to be by yourself and you had to be in a in a you know in a really dark room and that's how I wrote all my songs at the beginning and every I mean really it was like super depressing I thought you had to be like you you know get up in the middle of the night and do it and smoke a pack of cigarettes or something whatever but um no if you like other people are really smart and talented <laughs> you know um so it's still this this record is still it's my story and it's my heart on the record but I let other people I I let them in on that story and I let them bring their mastery. Chris is an amazing musician and a great producer. Why wouldn't I like let him bring himself to that too, you know? Um so I I'm like I'm totally into the idea of letting that happen with other people now too, you know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really good question. Yeah. Good luck too. Yeah. So is there anyone with one little short question, please? Because we sort of Sorry, it's too me loud. No, it's fine. I talk so long. This no, is that's quite nice. This is why I was a terrible therapist. I was <laughs> I You're talking more I than I didn't the listen. I was like, hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. I can tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you about what's going on with me. You'll love this. <laughs> so please, short question, short answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, <Try> the <laughs> girl. Um, hi. Um, I'm not sure if it's a short question, so maybe just a short answer. But oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like, um, Great. And how much did, did studying psychology and doing therapy, how much did that change your view of the world and how much did it change your writing and like thinking on how to connect with people? No, that's, that's a not a short question. <laughs> no, but, that's, but, I, but I, I, can, I can give a short answer. That's a great question. I can give a short answer to that. Um, I simultaneously became a lot more disbelieving in the idea of change. I believe that, that people can change, but they can change about this much, and it takes an incredible amount of, of work. And I, I, I got that not from just people I worked with, but myself too, you know. So in a way, it was like I, have, I gained a much more negative view of the world, you know, and, and I, I, love, I love a lot of the hardcore stuff. I love Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud, and um, I like the Todesbetriebt and, you know, I want to get dark. I want to get into the, like, the grisly stuff, the sex and the death and all that stuff, you know. But, but it also made me believe in, in, in hope because I saw some really beautiful things happen. And even those small changes were like, it, it was like a, you know, an earthquake in someone's life. It would, it would lead to a lot of other things. So um, it, it, that, those ideas influenced everything I, I do. Every song I write, it starts out from that framework of psychology. Good question. <laughs> so many good questions. So, thank you very much for coming. Gerne. The record comes out in February. It's yeah. called Lions, yes. to say that. William Fitzsimmons, thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Ja. Vielen Dank. Vielen Dank. Ja. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>